0: Power Breakfast with TT weekdays 6-9am to on Power 98.7. And remember you can continue to send us your thoughts and comments on any of the subject matter that we have discussed or spoken on or anything else that you wish to raise or bring to our attention. Do so by uh, uh, dropping us a voice note on 083-303-7093 or even uh, maybe drop us a message on uh, x at Timar at Power FM 987. Otherwise just pick up the phone and call us on 861 987 So team of engineers from Truth in Energy and Economic Economic Interventionist Forum of South Africa say they regularly collaborate to monitor ESCOM's performance using publicly available data and information from whistleblowers that include members throughout the country's electricity and energy supply chain. They say in the last week of November 2023, a major discrepancy between public communications and data integrity seems to have emerged, prompting them to request transparency from ESCOM. They say the level of unplanned capacity loss factor, or UCLF for short, and the planned capacity loss factor published did not justify the levels of load shedding, especially when the resynchronization uh, of Wusile's unit is considered. Let us speak to energy analyst and spokesperson for Truth and Engineering, Hugo Kruger, joins us on the line. Good morning to you, Hugo, and thank you for your time. Good morning. Thank you for having me. All right, let's just uh, put this in very simple layman's terms so we can understand what we are uh, yes. what what we are dealing with. Just uh, take us through what it is that you've been analyzing or looking into um at ESCOM.
1: We've been looking at a few things. So ESCOM releases uh, data on its own dashboard, for example, that um and then it obviously makes press announcements on uh, on load shedding. And we try and usually correlate with what is written on the dashboard and what the minister says. Minister of Electricity is now the CEO of Escom. It's difficult to know what his real job is. And um, basically, the unplanned capacity loss factor is a very important number because that tells you how many units are broken down. And it also includes the aging of the plants, for example, the, the losses that you can't recover because the, the thing is just too old. And during the Rugby World Cup, that was 13.1 gigawatt or 13,100 megawatt. Okay. Last week, it was about 13,500. Now, a stage of load shedding is about 1 gigawatt, a 1,000. So if you just follow that logic, last week should have been um, only maybe one stage of load shedding. Right mm. Now, ESCOM's excuse was that they ran out of emergency reserves. I don't really know if the, that means they, is that they agree the World Cup was an emergency because then they burned that during the World Cup. But be that as it may, even if you subtract the emergency reserves, you don't come down to the 7 gigawatt, 7,000 gigawatt shortfall that they had during at 7 p.m. December 1. And I'm very confident that number because somebody inside the ESCOM supply chain gave us the actual number and said to us, look, we actually have 7,000 gigawatts short. ESCOM is announcing stage five. According to the dashboard, this should be stage one. So what is being communicated, what is happening in press conference doesn't seem to happen. (laughs) It's to be the reality of what's happening at ESCOM at the moment.
0: Mm, mm.
1: Yeah. And that, that is the thing now. What,
0: and what do you put this down to this mis- is it miscommunication? Is it deliberate dis- uh, deception or why would they um, you know put out a picture as, as this one picture to the public that does not uh, tally up with what is actually happening in reality on the, on their system?
1: Well, I, I think that um, th- this is my suspicion when I, I speak to people inside the supply chain. And just to clarify, I, f- I speak to people I- at ESCOM. We speak to people who work for banks, for managers, for people who work in operations and maintenance. Is that there's a lot more skeletons in this closet than the public realizes. That is my suspicion. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, i give you an example. ESCOM has... Um, a few broken down units like Duva Unit 3, Groot 5456, 5, we wrote that in the article and broken units at Endrina, for example, that is not even on their data. They're not even logging those units anymore. Okay. Why are they not logging them anymore? Well, the story comes down to that a few years ago when Duva Unit 3 was decision made to cancel it, the insurance money paid out. And then ESCOM just used the money elsewhere as opposed to fixing the broken plant. <laughs> you yeah. think they think the plot fixed the plant during yeah. load shedding? Okay, yeah. there's, there's a few there's a few of these things that are happening over there. The other thing is, if you look at ESCOM's fleet, there's a high variation um, in the number. It's stage one today, stage two tomorrow, five today. Nobody can can tr- keep track anymore. Or put a use a proper model to predict when it's the end of load shedding. Now, if you have such a high standard deviation or high variation in your uh, fleet, um, you clearly have an operational problem. Okay, it's oh. the the, the I'm going to make a statement. It is not due to the aging of the plant. That's their constant excuse. That's nonsense. Some of the best performing plants are the oldest ones. So what's happening? I don't think they've got the technical competency to deal with this problem anymore. Mm. And they're not coming. They're not straight with the public. I mean, we we were supposed to have ended load shedding now in December. We're back to where we were a few months ago. Where was the stage four or five today? I can't remember.
0: Yeah, it's interesting what you say there about them not having the capacity because it was uh, uh, that's what I, the point that I put across when it, this court case, this court ruling came through that does, uh, mm. you know that compels ESCOM to ensure that there is no load shedding to hospitals, health facilities, and so on. And uh, I kept making the point that uh, well, it's not hap- load shedding is not happening because ESCOM are just being difficult or or they just being malicious. No.
1: Yeah, you're right. Um, The guys who work in operations and maintenance, those are the people you need to get in. Now, they're telling me there is certain um, uh, preferential procurement uh, uh, policies at ESCOM. I I must be honest, I don't always understand what they mean because it's in contractual law. But they're basically saying the ESCOM's way of procurement, of procuring, operating and maintenance teams, is so difficult that even the local contractors in South Africa don't even want to deal with them. Even the most five-star BE contractors, so it's not a BE problem, as some people would say, right? Don't want to bother with ESCOM anymore because it's just too difficult to... Get into that process, and as a consequence of that, I don't think they've got the expertise on site necessary to to fix the plants. We have a list um, of all the uh, main failure modes of all the plants. Things like boiler tube failures, for example. Things like dirty water in the uh, in the cleaning oh. water system. Basic things like that. That tells me that those are all operating related issues, right? So the operator doesn't have a technical expertise, but it gets worse, okay? You'd think this is the <laughs> this is the only story. ESCOM has three masters at the moment. It reports to Pravin Gordon who mm. appoints the board, Gwede Mantashi, who is um, setting the policy, and I believe he should set the policy, and then um, Minister of Electricity, Sputla, who I don't know what his, his, his role is, but he seems to do press conferences for ESCOM at the moment, mm. okay? And, he's, uh, and then they have an executive. Now, the problem is you have a Minister of Electricity saying, we're going to set bonuses for diesel burning. That's the function of the executive. Okay, It's not the function of a minister, as an example. So you have all these, I don't know what you call it, a bespoke system where three ministers is trying to string it at the top. Then on top of that, at its executive, there's not a single engineer at the moment. Right You would have to think that generation and transmission it's core business has to sit on the executive. That's not the case. So my sense is the information from the operators at the bottom is not going to the top because there's no information from mm. to the top, and that's why we have this this big problem.
0: Wow, this is very interesting. You clear go, we're going to leave it there um but thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate your your time. Thank you very much I appreciate it. Yoho Krier is a an energy and, and an energy analyst and spokesperson for Truth in Engineering uh, asking some questions about uh, um, what Escom is commun- communicating to us as as consumers and what the reality is. It's the Power Breakfast on Pan 98.7 18 minutes after 7.